Hey guys, welcome back to episode four of Prospect Barn. I know it's been a while. We've had uh, some conflicting schedules here with Jeff getting a new job, but we're going to try to uh, keep bringing you episodes every two weeks. And we're also going to try to step it up and bring you a few more in these next coming weeks with the World Junior Tournament right around the corner. And uh, it's a pretty big time of year for us and for... uh, the prospect world in hockey yeah i'm sorry i'm uh excited to get this one going uh, a lot a lot of things going on right now with the holidays um a lot of things changing in the hockey world and a lot of good things happening so this should be a fun episode um we're gonna talk about a lot with you guys and uh, get you uh, caught up on all the prospects yeah the most recent news uh obviously former mvp taylor hall was traded to the arizona coyotes from the new jersey devils the other day Uh, I think everyone knew that trade was coming. I don't think that everyone knew he was ending up in Arizona. There was a couple other teams that were very interested in Hall, but it turns out that the Devils decided to make the move early, not wait till the deadline. They liked the return they could get now. Uh, I was a little shocked by it. I thought it might be a little bit more, maybe a a couple higher-level prospects say that. You obviously have that conditional first and conditional third in there. But uh, the exact trade is Taylor Hall and Blake Spears going to Arizona and Devin Bale, Nick Merkley, and Nate Schnarr with uh, a conditional first in 2020 and a conditional third in 2021 going back to New Jersey. Yeah, Coyotes fans should be very excited. I mean, they're already the best team in their division. Uh, they just got a whole lot better. Um, so they're looking to make a huge push this year, maybe to the Stanley Cup final. Um it's exciting time for them. Uh, Taylor Hall is probably a pretty happy guy right now, leaving the, that Devils team that was just that just couldn't get it together with all those players they had on their team. Um, and Jack Hughes, uh, he's probably pretty excited to have a new star in Arizona. He, I don't, no one knows if he'll actually sign there in the off season, but we'll see what happens with him. But he should be excited this year. Yeah, I think if they are able to re-sign Taylor Hall in Arizona, that becomes an unbelievable trade for them. They were able to acquire an MVP caliber player has won an MVP before without really giving up too much. Uh, going in, if I was told Arizona was going to acquire Taylor Hall, I would have assumed Barrett Hayton would have to be part of that deal. And uh, they were able to make it happen without him. So uh, that's a huge win for the Coyotes if they're able to re-sign Taylor Hall. And uh, I think if they put together a solid season right now, maybe make a playoff run and they throw him a nice big paycheck this summer, I'll be very surprised, especially if they do go on the run he doesn't stay there yeah taylor hall um he, he won the hard trophy two years ago so i mean this guy has a lot in him um it's like like i just said exciting time for uh, the devil's fans and uh should be i'm just happy on my fan perspective that he's out of the east um he's out west now don't have to see him a lot um it's gonna be uh if they make it to the Stanley cup finals this year uh the devils will probably be kicking themselves but we'll see uh, moving on from that now, a few days ago, uh, Buffalo Sabres announced that they sent down center Casey Middlestat to the American Hockey League, which uh, I don't know if it's too, definitely not, it's way too early to say bust on Casey Middlestat, but obviously he's not been playing to the level they had hoped he'd be. Uh, they took him with the eighth overall pick, I believe it was, in 2017, and he's just not lived up to that eighth overall pick hype, I guess you could say. Coming out of your draft, second year out of your draft year now, you expect him to be you know, having a much, having a steady NHL season, and he just wasn't doing so, so they sent him down. 
I don't hate the move. It gives them a chance to play bigger minutes down in Rochester, some power play, stuff like that. So hopefully that'll be the jump start that he needed for him, similar to what the Rangers did with Philip Hedl at the start of the year, and he'll get his NHL career back on track. But uh, interesting move by Buffalo, sitting down Middlestat for sure. Yeah, you hate to see it for a guy like Middlestat. Um, he came in the league with like so much promise, obviously a very high pick in the draft. Um, yeah, never really got into his uh, like scoring scoring ways. Uh, you never really saw him put up big points in any stretch of the season since he's been in the NHL. Um, but, you know, Buffalo, they're playing well right now, the team they have. Uh, they do get some young guys on their team playing very well. Uh, so they're they're not uh, worried. I don't think they're too worried this year. They're just hoping uh, maybe uh, next year he can get back in the NHL and start playing as a top forward for them. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Um in other news, not as much prospect news considering he's been in the NHL his second season now, but Andrei Svesnikov just last night pulled off the lacrosse-style goal again. Uh, he was the first person in NHL history to do it just a few weeks ago, and now he's done it again, making it twice in one year. And, uh, I mean, at this point, I think you almost have to rename it the Svechnikov, right? Like, I don't think you can call it the Michigan anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's never been done in the NHL's history, um, and it happened twice in one year this year. And plus, like, by the same as that guy. Like, that's absolutely insane. You never think to see that. Um, I know, like, this, the goal, either the goal he's faced every time it goes in, it's just like he's so he's so mad at himself, and you can see it. But, like, yeah, he's probably going to keep on doing it until they can figure out how to stop him. It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, to have not only this the awareness of when to pull it off, but the patience. I mean, I've always tried doing those kind of stuff at practice, and, like, that's just when I'm not having – guys on me let alone in an NHL game the fact he's got NHL defensemen on him and he has the awareness and the skill set to pull something like that off is in such a short amount of time it's honestly unbelievable I I mean it makes sense that it's never been done before in the NHL because of how hard it is to pull off but the fact he's done it twice just mind-blowing yeah it's crazy I love to see it though it's it's great for the game yeah, exactly. I uh, definitely think it helps grow the game of hockey. It expands the sport to a bigger audience, stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, I don't care what sport you watch or what sport you're a fan of. Anyone's going to be amazed or something like that. Exactly. I was going to say, also, the uh, the New York Rangers, a uh, couple weeks back, had sent Vitaly Krasov back over to Russia to play in the KHL. But uh, things had not worked out too well for them over there. So just a couple days ago, he became sent back to North America, joined the Hartford Wolfpack a few days ago, and actually had a, a one assist in his first game back. So uh, he's back on North American ice, back in control of the Rangers, which Jeff Gordon came out publicly saying he likes. They can control his minutes, stuff like that, and uh, adapt into that small North American ice. So if uh, the Rangers' depth, Fourth line stays doing what they've been doing right now, not putting up offensive numbers really, which you can't expect too much from your fourth line. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Vitaly Kravtsov up in New York uh, within the near future. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, he, he, this guy had so much promise, especially last year in the KHL, like coming over. Uh, it's just a huge difference when you come from the big ice service over in uh, Europe and Russia. Just um, to come to the NHL and play that smaller ice service, you have guys on you so much faster. Uh, yeah, AHL is a perfect place for him to just get used to it. Um, the Rangers will see what he does there. And uh, hopefully um, for the Rangers, he will be in the lineup maybe this year or they'll maybe keep him down there the rest of the season. But we'll see. Hopefully they test him out. Uh, he'd be fun to watch him. 
Yeah, exactly. It's good to have him back over on North American ice, like you said. Uh, there was just so much promise for this kid coming into the year. He was NHL on NBC's. Uh, he was in the top five uh, rookies to watch coming into the year. Ended up not making the team and then obviously going over to Russia. So it was a big disappointment there for a lot of Rangers fans. But uh, to have him back is great. And it's time to see uh, time to see what he's got, really. Uh, moving on now, I want to talk really quickly about the Jack Eichel point streak. Obviously, he's not too much of a pro- really prospect anymore. He's the captain of the Sabres, drafted in 2015. But uh, it's a 17-game point streak for a team that is still struggling in the Buffalo Sabres. And, uh, I mean, he's as good as a player in hockey as anyone right now, the way he's playing right now, the way he's shooting the puck, just the way he thinks the game. It's uh, it's really cool to watch, and I'm glad that another young American kid is really establishing himself as an elite, elite player in this league. Yeah, Jack Eagle's definitely uh, making a name for himself as like one of the top uh, USA players in the game right now. Um, it's a pretty exciting time for him and the fans of Buffalo. They have some goal scorers. They're actually having a better season than um, than some thought they would. And they're they're turning heads right now. Jack Eagle, 17, uh, 17 game point streak. Uh, that's crazy. Um, we'll see how long he can keep it going. Um, he's making all. It's it's funny uh, watching the Twitter wars between uh, the Jack Eichel fans and the Austin Matthew fans right now, because uh, uh, people are saying Jack Eichel is the best American, and obviously the Leafs fans are sticking with uh, Matthews. But uh, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. The second half of the season always uh, is a downtrend uh, for the Buffalo. So hopefully for the Sabers, they can keep it up. Yeah, exactly. The Matthews Eichel rivalry is something that should be kept a close eye on and they'll be linked together all throughout their careers but uh i'd say even more being linked than with matthews is mcdavid uh, obviously because they went one and two in 2015 and i saw some things on twitter a couple days ago asking if people thought mcdavid eichel was the best one two draft combo ever and that kind of got me thinking i mean there's been some obviously good ones uh off the top of my head when i'm trying to think of who else really can match that. You have like Victor Hedman and John Tavares. Tavares won Hedman two in 2009. Uh, Steven Stamkos drew Dowdy in 08. Uh, Ovechkin and Malkin in 04. But uh, I think you can put McDavid and Eichel right up there with any of those combos, to be honest. I mean, they're, they're no doubt right in that range of arguably being the best ever. And they're, again, only five years into their NHL careers. So Yeah, just because uh, McDavid is obviously the so good right now he's obviously he's gonna be he's probably gonna put up 120 130 points this year um and eichel hopefully we'll see him in the 100 point mark and yeah it's just ridiculous um but yeah the malkin the malkin year is that's a great year with him and Ovi, uh two russians um they've been unbelievable their whole careers so that's really hard to top that's probably my number one right now just because they've been in the nhl for so long um yeah and like the other ones you said were also good like you also have like Tyler Sagan and Taylor Hall. Um, that's been a pretty good one also. But yeah, Eichel and McDavid are definitely up there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, sticking on the trend of these young U.S. players here, uh, the most points before turning 22 in NHL history of a U.S.-born player, uh, Jimmy Carson's is the all-time lead with 325 but uh, down, I believe it's 10th on the list now, is uh, Matthew Kachuk with his just notched his 201st point. Uh, I think Matthew Kachuk's a player that falls very under the radar, obviously still young. Um, but I don't think a lot of people realize 
how good Matthew Kachuk is. I think of him as more of a pest, uh, something like under under the opponent's skin. But uh, he's got insane talent, and he's unbelievable to watch out there. Calgary had a bit of a slow start to the year, but they're picking it up right now, and Matthew Kachuk's a huge part of why they're picking it up. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's a great player. He's fun to watch. Yeah, a lot lot of opposing uh, teams and their fans don't like him just because the way he plays. He's kind of like the Western Brad Marchand, uh, some would say. Uh, So he gets on their people's skin. Uh, You've seen it with Drew Doughty, what he said publicly to the media. Uh, But, yeah, he's a great player. He can can do everything on the ice. He's He's a player that Everyone wants their team, even if they don't like them. Uh, they still would love love to have them. Um, yeah, that's that's insane. If he can keep it up, I don't not sure when he turns uh, twenty two, but he can definitely climb the uh, climb that uh, leaderboard. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also notable is the Blues recently called, recalled Jordan Cairo, one of their top prospects. Uh, he had 15 points in 16 games for San Antonio Rampage in the AHL this year. And uh, in his fourth game up, he scored his first goal there tonight. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, St. Louis, obviously, cup winners, and they still have good young talent coming up in the system. So uh, I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. They'll be good for a while. And Jordan Cairo is uh, a notable person that many people should keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah, and they're first place in their division right now as well. So um, they're definitely not getting worse by bringing him up. Uh, we'll see. They're going to see what he can do. And if uh, he, he can put up points on the NHL level, uh, they're going to keep him. Yeah. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about before we go into the World Junior here, which will pretty much take up the rest of the show after this, is uh, Thomas Shabbat of the Ottawa Senators played 37 minutes and 43 seconds there tonight, uh, which is since they started keeping stats of uh, ice time and this is only for regular season games, obviously, because playoffs go into OT, double OT. You know, they can go on seven periods long. But uh, Dennis Wyman on January 18th, 2014, played 38.05. But uh, other than that, Thomas Chabot recorded the highest ice time ever recorded in a regular season game, which is uh, impressive to say the least. The guy played almost two full periods. And uh, it's not like you're playing two full periods and getting a week off. You know, you're getting back at it, practice the next day, probably games, upcoming days still. So uh, Thomas Shabbat's kind of just a machine. He's one of those kids I remember watching at the World Juniors saying this kid's going to be unbelievable. It was kind of him for Canada and Charlie McAvoy for the U.S. were kind of the two guys that were, at least defenseman-wise, that were breathtaking in that tournament. But, uh, yeah, Thomas Shabbat, 37-43. That's, that's crazy. I can never imagine having anyone play that many minutes in a game yeah that's insane that's obviously over half a game in the nhl and like this guy definitely has some norris trophies in his future um especially even just the way he plays in ottawa like with that team the the points he puts up and the the minutes he plays uh you can just see that he's a star in the making if not already a star um definitely uh gonna be a fun player to watch for the next 10 15 years yeah, doing it, doing what he's doing in Ottawa makes it that much more impressive. I completely agree. Uh, they're uh, they're really struggling right now, Ottawa, as I guess many people expected. But uh, to have 21 points in 35 games for that team right now is as a defenseman too. Obviously, the number doesn't sound incredibly eye eye jarring, but uh, it's very impressive. But it's nothing to bat an eye at. He was the 18th overall pick in 2015, and I'm sure if we went back and looked at that draft class, there's a lot of teams that picked 1 through 17 that probably wish they uh, they had snagged up Shabbat. Okay, uh, moving on now, so we're going to be opening our first uh, World Junior discussion. Now, World Junior time is one of my favorite times of the year. It's 
if we're being honest, it's probably my favorite time of year for hockey other than NHL playoffs. Uh, I really started getting into the tournament a couple years ago, and it's just, I, I really can't even describe exactly what it is that makes it so unique and exciting to watch, but it's just, it's different than anything else out there. Not only are these kids playing for their country on the biggest stage, they're they're playing for pretty much their draft stock in the NHL, a lot of them. Uh, most of them have been drafted already, I guess you could say. Uh, it's thought of as mostly a 19-year-old tournament, but there's there's a handful of people going into their draft year. Alexei Lafreniere uh, is going to be playing for Canada this year. He's a big, big name that, uh, that many people are excited to watch. Uh, the United States team is going to be very deep again, uh, very similar. Obviously, they had 17 kids drafted this year. A bunch of those guys are going to be making or at least attempting to make that team. You can never count the Finns or the Swedes out, the Russians. I mean, the tournament is just so deep and so exciting to watch, and I, I'm, I, I can't wait to get it started. Um, I'm excited, too. It's like one of the best times of the year, especially just when it comes like on like right around New Year's, like some of us find the watch. Like you're always, uh, always with uh, family or friends, just watching the games. It's a good time. You get to see all these young players uh, just playing their hearts out. They're unbelievable players. Most like a lot of them on the top teams are already drafted, or they're going to be drafted by teams in the NHL uh, this this coming year. Um, it's so much fun to watch. Like some of your teams' draft picks play, uh, and uh, hopefully, obviously, uh, big USA fan. So uh, hopefully they do well. They usually do, especially over the last 10 years. Um, but yeah, there's unbelievable teams in this uh, tournament. So it should be fun. Yeah, something else worth noting is that the tournament is actually in Czech Republic this year, which is the first time it's been out of North America. And I don't have the number off the top of my hands, but I'd say at least, I don't know, it feels like it's been 10 years, honestly. I have no idea if that's accurate or not. But uh, the tournament feels like it's normally in Canada. I was in Buffalo a few years ago. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be out in Europe this time, which is going to be interesting, make it maybe have a little bit of an effect on the play. Obviously, having a big favorite like Canada most years, having it pretty much all home games when they play is seemed a little bit odd. So it makes sense that they're shifting it back to the Czech. But uh, with that being said, I guess you want to go into our breakdowns of the ro- or the pre- preliminary rosters, obviously. They're not uh, set in stone yet. Yep. I'm down for that. Let's go. All right. So uh, start with Team Canada. Obviously, you got to assume they're the big favorite. And one of the most notable things for Team Canada is they have four players that are entering their drafter this year and a goalie. So that's four skaters and a goalie with uh, Alexi Lafreniere, the projected first overall pick. Um, he's 6'1", 194. He actually played in the tournament last year. But people, like I said earlier, it's a 19-year-old term for the most point. He was coming as a 17-year-old, so you cannot expect this kid to be putting up crazy numbers. Don't think that his lack of ice time or his lack of production in the tournament last year should have any effect on his NFL, NHL, geez, draft status. He, uh, I said, he's he's a generational talent. Unless something drastic happens, I'm saying he's definitely locked up for first overall and. Uh, I think potentially could be the best player in this tournament moving forward. Someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean Canada. Just, they're always gonna have a top team. They're always gonna have a top three team in the World Juniors, Olympics, whatever it is. Uh, just like the, their hockey culture is unbelievable. Uh, doesn't even compare to anyone else. But um, yeah, they got some good players uh, this year. Most of them have already been drafted, and they're either playing in the juniors team or uh, in college hockey. 
Uh, so, yeah, I'm, they're a fun team to watch. This year, like you said, it's in, it's in the check, so they won't have that home advantage like they usually do. Um, well, like Their fans are insane during the World Juniors, so they're always the stadium when they're playing is always bumping. Um, hopefully it levels the playing field for other teams, and uh, we'll see if it affects them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess sticking on the trend of uh, Team Canada right now, why not? We're going to go over the other guys that are undrafted real quick, or not undrafted, or in their draft year, approaching their draft year, and that's Quinton Byfield, uh, 6'4", 215, absolute unit, and he is also expected to be a top three pick. Um Big, big power forward, but also has nice hands, a nice shot, really well-rounded game. Uh, you can expect him to have a big impact despite being an underage guy. Uh, Dawson Mercer, six foot one seventy-eight, similar thing. Also a forward, uh, not as big as Byfield, obviously, but uses his size well. And then the uh, last uh, un- or entering draft year player is Jamie Drysdale, defenseman, only 170, but uh, you really don't need to be as big as a defenseman anymore as you did a couple years ago. The NHL is shifting into more of a speed game than a physical game, and I don't think his size should really limit him at all. Uh, All of these guys are projected first-round picks, and uh, I expect them all to be on Team Canada's roster come come the opening. I think it's, what, December 22nd, I believe, the tournament starts. not even sure off the top of my head. but Plus their coach uh, this year is Dale Hunter. Everyone knows him. He's been around the game forever. He played... He's coached. He's done everything. So they do. Canada is the best of the best. Uh, they're always ready to go for this tournament. Uh, the tournament start date is December 26th, by the way. I just looked it up. So I was off a few days. But now that I think about it, it does always start after Christmas. So makes sense. Um, moving down the rest of the lineup, uh, you got Joe Valeno, uh, who was selected in 2018 with the last pick in the first round by the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he was a guy that was expected to go top 10 back in his draft year, but uh, he dropped pretty hard, So falling obviously to 30. So he's going to be looking to uh, make a name for himself. Uh, another guy looking to have a big term is Raphael Lavoie, thought to be a first-round pick this year. Uh, ended up going second round, 38th overall pick to Edmonton. Uh Moving down the list, a bunch of these guys. Another first-round guy, Connor McMichael. We talked about him a lot in our uh, first-round draft preview episodes or uh, first-round draft recap episodes. Uh, he was selected uh, 25th overall in the first round by Washington, who's done a great job of developing first-round talent. Uh, all these guys seem to be taking the first round are making NHL names for themselves. Uh, Dylan Cousins, huge name. Can't, he can't be left off this list. Seventh overall last year. Big centerman. Uh, I could see him playing big minutes for this team. Uh, is there any names that you like that stick out to you or or someone else you'd love to talk about? Um, did you mention uh, Barrett Hayton? I'm not yet, no. Barrett Hayton obviously played some games for Arizona this year, but uh, said he was fifth overall in 2018. Maybe thought of it a little bit of a stretch, but uh, he looked great in the games he played. I love the move by Arizona letting him come down to this tournament. Uh, six foot one, one ninety, and just I think I was amazed with how how mature he looked on the ice in the NHL to start the year. So going back to this World Junior Tournament, I think he's going to be uh, a huge, huge piece for Team Canada. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, they're a exciting team to watch. They got the top end talent uh, up and down their roster. Like would probably make any team in this tournament. So um, it's going to be exciting for them. Um, I can't wait to get it going the day after Christmas. Yeah, Colorado Avalanche fans obviously remember watching Kale McCarr let out the World Juniors. Well, 
it's already time for them to watch another young defenseman light him up. Uh, Bowen Byram, they took fourth fourth overall last year. Uh, he'll probably be headlining the Canadian blue line. I can't imagine anyone logging more minutes than him on this team. Obviously, Ty Smith, the New Jersey prospect, he's going to be playing some big minutes as well. But, uh, I mean, the more I look at this team, it's just it's so deep. It's typical Canada team uh, essentially rolling out four first lines really is what they're doing. They're, uh, everyone's got skill. Everyone's got the ability to make plays. And uh, obviously you can't lock anything in the World Junior. It's an unpredictable tournament. But, uh, wow, they're, uh, they're a really scary-looking team. U.S., interestingly enough, there's only one player on the U.S. preliminary roster that is 2020 draft eligible, and that's Parker Ford. And uh, he's playing at Providence College right now. Everyone else on the team has already been drafted. Uh, they've got some some big names on here that we obviously saw. Uh, Spencer Knight, the first over, our first round pick to Florida this year, big six to three goaltender playing at BC right now. Um, some other notable names: uh, New York Rangers draft pick Zach Jones is having a great season at UMass Amherst right now. Uh, Keandre Miller, also a Rangers draft pick, uh, 18th overall, or uh, in 18, 22nd overall. Uh, he's playing at Wisconsin right now and having a great start to his season. Uh, Cam York was selected 14th overall uh, by the Flyers. He's playing at Michigan right now. And again, another guy you can look to be doing. But uh, one thing I want to talk about real quick, which I think is definitely worth mentioning, is New Jersey locking in a couple weeks ago saying absolutely no way Jack Hughes would be going to this tournament, which... I found very interesting, especially with the Taylor Hall trade coming a few days ago. Uh, the Devils aren't playing for anything but a lottery pick at this point. Like It's pretty obvious. They're not playing for a playoff spot, nothing along those lines. So I think it would make sense for them to let Jack Hughes go to the tournament, let him play with some confidence again, let him get back in a winning environment, you know, kind of not that he hasn't been enjoying the NHL. Obviously he has, but let him get back in a, in a winning environment where everything's going good for him. He can he can start to dominate the play, get, get get confidence, and then bring that back. It's not like they're trying to win a bunch of games right now. So I was very surprised that they just automatically said, no, he's not going. Uh, obviously, you have the risk of injury, which is probably what ended up overall saying there's no chance it's happening. But I was very surprised they didn't at least explore the option of letting him go. Yeah, I mean... Uh, since he has played, I mean, the Devils just don't want to see him getting hurt. Probably that's probably the only reason uh, he's not going. But yeah, it's kind of it, you hate to see it from a USA fan perspective because he'd be so much fun to watch out there, uh, like with some of his old teammates like Cole Caulfield and uh, players like that. Um, but um, yeah, the Devils. I mean, they're not a great team this year. Like everyone's seen a little bit of disappointment. Uh, they're they're all disappointed, I'm sure. So. Um, but it's their decision, I guess. But USA still has a lot of studs in their team that uh, I'm excited to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we haven't even begun to get into the Felridge yet. We only just recap those defensemen real quick. But uh, Bobby Brink was thought to be a potential first-round pick. Ended up falling just out of the first round, 34th overall. Uh, he went to the Flyers. Cole Caulfield, as you just mentioned, who I could see scoring 15 goals in this tournament, not even exaggerating. Uh, he looks like he's going to be having a big tournament again. Uh, he's playing at University of Wisconsin uh, alongside two other teammates from Wisconsin named to the American preliminary roster. It was Kandre Miller, who we mentioned, and uh, Alex Turcotte. Uh, Jack Drury is going to be there. He's a Carolina prospect. Uh, Arthur Kaliev, very interesting name. This kid's got unbelievable skill. 
uh, six foot two, 188. He fell out of the first round, which was a surprise to a lot of people, but he was having a good year for Hamilton in the OHL. And uh, I think he's someone that has a chip on his shoulder falling out of the first round. And uh, he, he could have a big tournament for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys on this team that you. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting to have big tournaments. Obviously, uh, John Beecher uh, is one of them, plays at Michigan right now, Bruins draft pick. Uh, I'd love to see him uh, put up some good points. He'll definitely, I think, will be on the first one of the first two lines of that team. Like you said, uh, Cole Caulfield, he could score at will in any level, I'm pretty sure, right now. So um, I'm excited for that as well. And like it's funny that you, the USA's team is pretty much, I would say, like, 90% college hockey uh, players, NCAA college hockey players, compared to other teams where it's mostly mostly juniors. So it's kind of like a it's a big showcase for college hockey and see where they uh, stand against uh, the top junior junior leagues and like pro leagues around the world. Yeah, exactly. I got two I got two more guys on US I want to mention here before we move on. There's just so many of them. Uh, Trevor Zegris was ninth overall to uh, the Anaheim Ducks, and he's been playing at BU this season. And uh, lastly, Oliver Wallstrom, who just a couple of days ago was added to the preliminary roster after the rest of people as the uh, Islanders did give him. He was been playing for Bridgeport in the AHL, and uh, they did give him the right to uh, move down and uh, participate in the World Juniors. So uh, another guy that could be could be bringing up a big tournament. He's got a heavy shot, very, very skilled. So, uh, I mean, that pretty much rounds up the U.S. roster. I think they match up pretty well with Canada. I think Canada is definitely a little bit deeper, but the uh, the firepower might be able to go. I might even give the edge to the U.S., which is crazy to think that uh, the U.S. might have more firepower than Canada. But uh, uh, I'm assuming Spencer Knight or Dustin Wolf will be getting the starts in net. Uh, not exactly sure. Obviously, that's up for the coaching staff to decide at a later date. But uh I mean, just U.S.-Canada, you already know, is going to be a battle. I'm already getting forward to it, getting excited just by talking about it. Uh, two great teams, and uh, I can't wait for it. I know, me too. Um, definitely, uh, next team we want to jump to uh, is Sweden. Uh, they're always a top team in these tournaments. Uh, they they love them. They they get ready for every single year. And looking at their roster, like tons of draft picks in the NHL. Like, they're, lo- they're a loaded team. Uh, they're always fun to watch. They always bring like a little different uh, style to the junior, the junior tournament that the North American skaters aren't really used to seeing. So it's a fun matchup all the time. Yeah, a uh, bunch of big notable names, obviously, with Sweden. But uh, I think you can't mention Sweden without talking about a uh, projected top three pick coming up in this next year's draft for uh, four-team Sweden, and that's Lucas Raymond. Uh, dynamic forward playing for Fulunda right now. Uh, skill, vision, shot, like whatever you want to say, this kid's got it all. And uh, I'm very, very excited to watch him along with many other players on this Sweden team. Uh, Nils Hoglander, Vancouver draft pick, should he should be affecting a big tournament. Uh, there's so many other guys that you really... Uh, Alexander Holtz should be having a big, big one. Uh, a bunch of these guys are just... Uh, I said, obviously, NHL drafted. Carl Henriksen was a second-round pick of the Rangers. He's been impressing this so far this year with Rolanda. It's, uh, and then you move back to the defensive end, obviously, Philip Broberg. He was the seventh overall pick to Edmonton last year, and he should be having a big tournament. Tobias Bjornfoot has played a few games for the LA Kings already, so he has NHL experience under his belt. Uh, Nils Lundqvist is lighting up. 
over in uh, Sweden right now in terms of un- or not underage defensemen, but U20 defensemen. He leads U20 defensemen in points right now. Uh, again, just so many players, so many teams, so much to watch. It's 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 an un- it's unbelievable, and I can't wait to get it going. Yeah, they're a very fast-paced team. Uh, we're gonna. They're definitely. I I have them top three of either gold, silver, bronze. So. Uh, this year in the in the tournament so um uh that'd be fun to watch they're always a good matchup in the in the elimination rounds yeah obviously it's so hard to predict these uh to predict these teams uh where they're going to finish you don't really know the final rosters yet first off and then there's just i mean i think it does kind of fall off after your top five powerhouses u.s canada sweden finland and russia but uh between those five teams there's just so much parity any of those five teams can can be legit contenders every night which uh which makes it so much so much fun and so intense to watch uh finland i guess the uh the most interesting name with Team Finland right now is probably uh, Vili Hineola. He started the season actually making the Winnipeg Jets as an 18-year-old defenseman, which is absolutely wild to think. Uh, he's been he's, he's sent back to Finland. He's been playing there and doing well, obviously. So he's kind of the guy I think you can expect to carry a majority of the minutes there. Uh, one thing before we get really into the roster breakdown I want to talk about is Finland's ability to produce young talent. Finland is the only country that has produced a player going in the top three of the last four drafts in a row, going back to 2016. Uh, in 2016, it was Patrick Laine, second overall to Winnipeg. Uh, 2017, it was Miro Haskinen going third overall to Dallas. 2018, it was Jesperi Kakanemi, third overall to Montreal. And uh, just last year, Capo Kaka went second to the Rangers. So uh, that's wild to think they're the only country that's been able to do that. Uh, I think all Finnish players, really except for Kako, can kind of fly under the radar. Kako obviously had the hype around him. But uh, Miro Haskinen was never taught, thought to be talked about in the category he deserves to be. He's elite skater. He's already one of the best skaters in hockey. Patrick Laine is obviously... Uh, dynamic talent and uh i guess he's been some questions with his work ethic stuff like that but he's i think he's put a lot of that to rest this year and uh yesperi kakanyemi is uh starting to find his game and he's looking like a legitimate top six fellow in the nhl now i'd say yeah um definitely finland's always uh they've always had uh produce like some top players in the nhl they've, but like over the last 10 years i'd say like their skill um and they're like nhl their nhl players have just gotten so much better over the last 10 years um, and it's fun to watch just because um, they have a huge rivalry now with Sweden, obviously being so close to each other over in Europe. Um, it's kind of like the USA-Canada over, over here we see. So they're always a fun matchup to watch in the World Junior Tournament. And like you said, like the players on this team, like they're all mostly NHL draft picks already. And if they're not drafted, they're going to get drafted this year. So they're great players. Um it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch them. They're always one of those like those teams that you see that finish in the top four of the tournament. So yeah, they could win gold or they could not uh, not medal. We'll see. Exactly. Uh, leading the charge up front for Finland, you gotta assume it's gonna be Rasmus Kupari. Um, he was drafted in the first round of 2018 draft by the Kings, 20th overall, and he's probably their most dynamic forward up front. I imagine he's gonna be centering that top line. Um, not exactly sure he's going to be on his sides. Perhaps uh, Eunice Odin. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to shape up. Uh, Finland still has a few more cuts to make before they uh, 
finalize that roster, I guess you could say. Uh, Lassie Thompson's another name that we want to mention. He uh, he was a big high draft pick this season, and uh, he uh, should be looking to have a big tournament. Uh, I just he's another guy that I guess Ottawa doesn't really know where their future's headed right now. Uh, you have young defensemen. You have Shabbat, obviously, we talked about earlier. Uh, you have Eric Brandstrom, who they traded for in that Mark Stone trade. And then now Lassie Thompson, it's time to find out, obviously, if he uh, if he's going to live up to what Ottawa thought he could be and really s- settle in and potentially eventually make one of the best back ends in hockey with those three leading the charge. Yeah, like you said, uh Definitely like, got those top players. Uh, they're going to be a fun team to watch this tournament. Uh, they are in Group A with uh, Finland, uh, with Sweden. So um, that'll be fun to watch. And uh, let's hop into Russia. Yeah, the Russians are always one of the most interesting teams every single year. Um, you don't really know what you're getting with a lot of them because they're all mostly playing juniors overseas in Russia. You really don't get to watch as much about them or hear as much about them. So uh, there's, I guess when you're starting off the Russian charge, you got to start with Vasily Podkols and he's got to be the main topic of discussion. Uh, Thought to be a top three pick at one point last year, ended up falling out of it, going 10 to Buffalo uh, or 10 to Vancouver, my fault. But, uh, yeah, he's probably the he's the only uh, returning player that played on the team for them last year, and uh, I guess you're gonna say needs to have a big tournament if uh, Russia really wants to uh, medal again, or medal. They haven't medaled in a couple of years, I believe, so they want to medal. Yeah, they're they're definitely gonna be making a push uh, for the for the medals this season uh, this year because uh, every single time they don't medal, it's always big news in Russia. Uh, they they take this tournament very seriously. Uh, they think they're the best hockey country in the world, uh, even though like Canada and U.S. are all uh, some like some a little bit above them, but they believe they're number one. Uh, but yeah, KHL, uh, all these players in like the KHL and the juniors uh, over there. Um, you never get to see them, like you said. So don't really know what to expect with them, but you can always expect them to give the top teams in this tournament a very good game, and uh, they have a lot of talent. So we'll see what they do. Yeah, another Russian player that we need to mention who uh, I kind of slipped my mind is Grigory Denisenko. Had a great tournament last year. He was he put on the top line last year uh, with Vitaly Kravtsov. And uh, Klim Kostin, who are both aged out now, unfortunately, for Russia. But, uh, yeah, he was 2018 first-round pick, 15th overall, and had an unbelievable tournament last year, lighting up. This, it was uh, nine points through seven games, four goals and five assists. And I'd say he was probably Russia's best player, either him or Kravtsov last year. Uh, just an absolute rocket of a shot for such a young kid and uh, elite offensive talent. Uh, I think him and... Uh, Oh, so he actually is returning too. I was wrong about Pod Colson being the only returner. Uh, regardless, though, uh, Grigory Denisenko is going to have a, a big tournament for Russia if if they're going to do well. Yeah, they definitely need their top players to step up. Uh, we'll look look at that for them. Um, but you want to jump into the home team, uh, Czech Republic? Uh, yeah, real quick, we can hop into Czech. Obviously, we're going to have to wrap up our episode pretty soon. But uh, I said the tournament is in Czech Republic. So it's going to be, I guess, it's kind of unfortunate to say this, but you're almost thinking that they 
just don't want to embarrass themselves is pretty much what they're trying to do. I don't, I don't think they're going in looking for a gold medal. I think if they come out with any kind of medal, that'd be unbelievable for them. But uh, they've they've actually produced some some decent talent over the past couple seasons. Uh, Philip Heedle, New York Ranger, who's been actually having a great season since being recalled. Um, then you've got Philip Zadina, who I I don't know if it's way it's way too early to call bust, but he had an unbelievable tournament. He hasn't panned out to be what they'd hope for him to be. But uh, I mean, I guess the biggest thing uh, for Czech Republic is going to be in net, and that's Lucas Dostal. Uh, I think he's going to be have to have a very very big tournament if they want to have a legit chance to medal and. Uh, Despite that, uh, I'd say Jan Yannick, Arizona prospect, is their top guy up front, it's seeming like. Uh, again, another another team that I still don't know too much about yet. I'm not going to uh, be – I'm going to be up front with you guys. Obviously, a bunch of these guys are playing overseas. These are Czech juniors. I mean, a couple of them are playing OHL, stuff like that. But uh, I said it definitely doesn't seem like the deepest of teams off the start, but uh, they'll have that home crowd behind them. They'll have uh, they'll have a lot of uh, energy stuff like that. So they, uh, I wouldn't count them out yet, but I definitely don't think of them as any kind of favorite. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't call wouldn't call them a favorite uh, for the tournament, but I mean they do have that NHL talent, um, and I think you you missed uh, arguably a top five player in the NHL right now from Czech Republic, uh, David Pasternak. Uh, the guy has 28 goals this year, so he's going to have probably over 50 goals this year in the NHL. Um, but yeah, the only downfall for Czech Republic, uh, they got to come out of a group with Canada, Russia, and the U.S. Um, that's insane. That's If Czech Republic is a good, like, I don't really know what to expect from them, but if they are a good team this year, like, and for any team to come out of that group, uh, that's very hard to do. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, they do have uh, a lot of talented players that are actually over and playing in North America right now. So um, I'm excited to watch them. They are they do have that home crowd. It should be a huge helper for them. Um, we'll see if that uh, motivates them to medal in this tournament. Yeah, for sure. There's a, there's a decent amount of guys actually playing over here in the OHL. You're right. Uh, Yan Yannick's a guy that should be looked at to have a big tournament for them. Uh, strong down this list. Uh there's, a, there's not too many names that really catch my eye early on, but uh, I said this tournament is more about proving yourself than anything. Uh, really, uh, NHL draft, mock draft shift wildly after this tournament. It's where everyone makes a name for themselves. So uh, just because there's not a lot of big names really there yet, it doesn't mean that there won't be uh, after the tournament. There's a... Uh, uh, Hugo Haas, I guess, is another guy on the back end, six foot four. Uh, he'll probably play a majority of the minutes back there, but... Uh, I said other than that, there's not a there's not too many uh, elite elite talent that catches my eye. Maybe Martin Lang is the last guy, the winger playing out in the WHL right now. But again, check nothing uh, nothing too uh, too eye catching from the initial roster at least. Yeah, I got them. I got them top five in this tournament, but uh, we'll see what they do. You have them beaten out one of U.S., Canada, Sweden, Finland, or Russia. Uh, yes, because just because of the home crowd, and uh, honestly, I can see I can see Russia just totally imploding on themselves, uh, like they do some years. So we'll see. 
Yeah, that's not that's not uncommon for Russia. I'll give you that. There's uh, but like you said, the, the unique thing about this tournament is there's different rosters every year. So you really, honestly, it's a good tool to use, but you can't use past experience as too big of a uh, too big of a factor when you're when you're trying to evaluate these teams. So, uh, with that being said, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up the episode? Um, not uh, just on on the World Junior Tournament. So I'm sorry you couldn't get to every single team. I mean, some of these teams are like some of these teams like Germany. Uh, this they don't uh, have many uh, NHL prospects on their team, um, so it's tough to get to them, tough to talk about them. And uh, I think everyone knows we're not going to compete for the title. But um, yeah, I just have one thing. Uh, do you have any? Um, do you have any like change in your rookie of the year uh, right now? Because with Kale McCarr being uh, getting injured, uh, Victor Olofsson actually has leads rookies in points right now with thirty two points. Uh, 0.91 points per game uh, is really stepping up for Buffalo. Uh, that's pretty much all I have on like he's definitely making a name for himself and rookie of the year candidate. Yeah, he's still he's just under a point per game now. Um, Quinn Hughes is obviously still putting up steady numbers, but depending on how long he's out for, I still think it goes to Kale McCarr. Obviously, he ends up missing a month or two, he'll kind of fall off the uh, the pedestal a little bit there. But I think that it's still Makar's trophy to lose. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev in Toronto has been silently very good. Uh, Adam Fox for the New York Rangers has been silently very good, but I think it's still Makar's trophy until, uh, I guess, until he's out for a significant amount of time. But I'd put Olofsson in the top three for sure, along with him and Hughes. Yeah, definitely. And if Olofsson gets 60 points this year, it's a huge win for Buffalo. Um, that would mean they'd have to keep it up like they are. Like they're in second place right now in the Atlantic Division, so in the playoff spot for now. But they were last year as well, and uh, we all know what happened. So that's pretty much all I have in the rookie year. Just wanted to uh, start that uh, discussion over again because he is definitely making a name for himself. It's definitely worth mentioning. We we'll try to sprinkle that in a little bit every episode because obviously if we're only doing it every week, every two weeks then uh, obviously a lot's going to be changing. That being said, we are going to try to bring you guys, once the World Juniors start, we're going to try to bring you guys one episode a week during the tournament at least because it is the most uh, important time of the year for prospects. We want to try to keep you guys updated as much as possible. And as far as recapping the uh, rest of the teams in the tournament go, we were only able to get to the top six today or our top six because of our time restriction. But uh, we will will sprinkle in next episode and uh, recap the other teams a little bit uh, not be able to go into as much detail, obviously, just because there's less to know about these players. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about them and uh, give you guys the uh, the lowdown what to expect from those teams as well uh, once this tournament starts. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Definitely uh, stay tuned for our next episode. Um, it's going to be it's gonna be a, a good one. Uh, it'll be either uh, right after the New Year's or um, it'll probably be after New Year's when this uh, tournament is wrapping up. So, It'll be fun to watch, fun to listen to. All right, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, Have a good one.